Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What is going on, guys? You are listening to Nickish. You got your boys Mo Faiz and Kunal. Uh, the Knicks are a couple of days removed from being eliminated from the NBA playoffs, and we're here to talk about it, plus some of the rumors that are circulating right now. Uh, but first, make sure you check out our website, nick-ish.com. We have pins, a few more left to give out uh, with free with each order, so cop yours today. Uh, we have hoodies. We have crewnecks left. Uh, weather's getting warmer outside, so uh, these are going to start selling out real quick. Uh, now bring in my guy fights. What's going on, bro? Doing good, man. I mean, I feel embarrassed to say I'm not as upset as I feel like everyone wants me to be in general about losing the series and whatnot. I feel like I was able to move on pretty quickly. So um, I don't know. Like I'm questioning my fan. <laughs> like, is that like a, oh, like I'm not as diehard as a Knicks fan. But then I did remember that during that last game, I literally had a physical lump in my throat watching at that watch party. So um, you know, I could be better, but I'm, I'm feeling good. It's nice to get back to normal life and not thinking about how I have to watch the next game. I have to do this. I have to do that. Like got to be a little bit more leisurely now, you know, I'm also excited to have a uh, Kunal. I feel like we've been, we've been having Kunal, like I've been seeing so much of him. I feel like we're getting that Kunal connection coming through. How are you doing Kunal? Um, I'm doing okay. I guess I've been so busy with the work, which has kind of been a blessing since I missed two of the games in that series and two bad games, the ones in Miami. Um, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's, it doesn't, I don't know if it just didn't hit me either. Like I'm kind of on the same page as you. Um, I I can't sit there and say I'm, I'm happy we got as far as we did because I don't like the way we lost. Uh, you know, we, I'm sure we'll get into that later with, with the coaching and certain players. But um, if I, if we're just talking about season, um, there's no way I could say I'm disappointed in this season in totality. So, uh, you know, we're in the second round. Let's see what happens from in this offseason. That's really what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you should feel positive, but it's also hard not to feel positive with this organization going forward just because of what we're so accustomed to. But real quick, because today was the NBA draft lottery. So, uh, Faiz, you want to fill everyone in real quick on what happened? Because – we, even though we didn't have a pick, a lot of Knicks fans were keeping an eye on the draft lottery for certain reason. Yeah, what else happened? Mark Tatum screwed us again, right? <laughs> as soon as I saw his <laughs> smug-ass face on that screen, I was like, Mark Tatum is going to screw us all over again, and we're just going to have to sit there and take it. It is what it is. When it got to, like, the 12th pick, 11th pick, I was watching. Dallas's name did not come up. And, yeah, Dallas has landed in that top 10, so they will be keeping their pick. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm glad that it's the 10th pick. They didn't get, like, the 4th pick or something and make the Mavericks, like, this amazing team. But, um, you know, we still have another crack at it. Um, now that pick gets to get pushed to next year again as another top 10 protected. So the Knicks at this point right now have two, I think more than two picks next year. Actually, they have like a Washington pick that they have a, a few other picks, but you could definitely guarantee the Knicks having their own pick and most likely the Mavericks pick next, next year. Yeah. And you already know, Mark Cuban definitely slipped a couple of hundred dollars into Adam Silver's back pocket, gave him a little pat and Adam did his thing. And now the Mavs still have their pick. They get to retain as a top 10 pick. But um, 
the Knicks have another chance, like you mentioned, next year of getting another Mavericks pick. And uh, they missed the playoffs as a result of it. And that, you know, I'm sure Luca wasn't too happy about it. And Kyrie wasn't too happy about it. And that has long-term effects for the team. But it's something worth watching over, over the next season. Yeah, but quick... you got two playing game playing teams right now that exactly. made to, to the conference finals in the, the Heat, obviously, and and uh, the Lakers. So really bad look on, on the Mavericks. And, uh, you know, we should all just take a second to point and laugh at them because we have Jalen Brunson and they don't. And keep that 10th <laughs> pick. I have Jalen Brunson. Fuck you guys. And we have their, uh, I think we, next two, three years, right? They can't trade a pick unless they get rid of this one. Because it's it's protected. It's so complicated. You might be right. You okay. might be wrong. Right, I so have no the, idea. Basically what it is is that they have, we have their pick, but it's top 10 protected, right? So they can't, or whatever it is for next year. I think it's the same. Um, they can't trade the year after that. They can't trade a, a consecutive pick because um of that rule stipend rule so until that pick gets conveyed to us they can't make a star trade and, and package multiple picks because they don't know when that pick is going to convey basically i think they also Long, gave up some picks for that's that a very complicated too, so. way to say that they're kind of uh it's going to be much more difficult for them to make a trade if that's what they're looking to do for, for another player yeah i mean um it's just dumb on the Mavs. It's a, it's, it looks bad on the organization. They look like a real mess right now. But, uh, you know, we were just talking about how a playing team like the Mavs could have potentially made a run in the playoffs. And, you know, we got to talk about one of those teams we talked about earlier, the Heat, and how your New York Knicks lost in uh, six games uh, down in Miami. Uh, we, we haven't spoken yeah. to each other since that loss. So, Kunal, any quick thoughts on, on this, uh, on, on the loss to the Heat? Um, uh, I think we definitely all as a fan base underestimated Miami. And I, even the people that were saying like, oh, you know, don't take them lightly. I don't think any of us expected that we would get this thoroughly outcoached and outplayed for most of the series. That was, what was frustrating was the two biggest factors in this series were like the things that most fans have been screaming since last year, which is like Tibbs and Randall. Um, and, and I'm one of those fans, by the way. And I've always said, like, we can't have both. That's that's going to be the ceiling of this team. And I think it was uh, pretty, pretty evident in, in that Miami series. Yeah, I mean, the, the Miami series is real tough. I mean, Mo and me did come out um, to talk about how uh, we did think Miami was going to be a, a really tough challenge for us. And you know, a lot of Knicks fans are talking about the Knicks sweeping them, maybe winning in five games, but we, we had the Knicks winning in like six games, possibly seven games. And that's, that's what it goes to show you, you know, a series like that, when it's kind of up in the air, it could go either way. And, you know, it, it does really hurt. Like as much as I'm um, saying that I'm okay with the results, considering we did get out of the first round in, in so long in, in the last 10 years, first time, but it, it does, it is, does get frustrating to know that we could have potentially won that first game. And this whole series looks so different. And even, even that last game, I felt like, you know, you, you see the, the, the ref report come out and there's three calls that go towards the Knicks and, you know, we're never trying to blame the refs or anything, but it just adds like, you know, it's like, Salt in the it's wound. like yeah, salt in the wound. Yeah. It's like spinning the cut. It's, it's, it's frustrating because it's like the games are so close. We we're we, it could have went either way, and now you just kind of got to sit sit while you watch the Heat and Celtics play in the Eastern Conference Finals. But 
you know, it, it is what it is. It's, it's frustrating because the opportunity was right there and we couldn't capitalize on it, but that's what happens. And, you know, that's why you want a Knicks team to have a competent front office who's prepared. So when situations like this come about, and they will come about in the NBA again, the Knicks can take advantage and potentially be in the Eastern Conference or even, you know, make it to the finals. God damn it. Now, now you got me pissed all over again. I just, <laughs> I really the... <laughs> just fucking press that shit down and stop thinking about it for all these days. God yeah. damn. You know, you really you know what it was? Is like you had a few days and you were like, all right, finally getting over it. All of a sudden... And, and, and hear me out. Like, these things suck. These reports suck in the regular season. It's been so long since we've been in the playoffs. I didn't even anticipate how bad this was going to feel. <laughs> it came out. Right. Like, why why even put it out at that point? Like, it's just... You're not doing anything about it. So what's the point? There's definitely, like, a step in depression about of acceptance. And then you just remember back to what the fuck happened. Now you're back to being pissed all over again. I mean, yeah, you think about what right could have been... You think about what could have been. The Knicks should be... Should have been in this position right now if fucking the refs played the way they should have, not played, they refereed the way they should have. If the Knicks didn't get out-hustled in game four, if RJ didn't go they didn't one underestimate for ten, them in game one. Like, game one, they, that game, the first half was right there for them, and then the exactly. second half, they really underestimated their opponent. And if, if, RJ hadn't Tibbs, gone, like, if RJ hadn't gone one for ten, if Tibbs hadn't taken out both Brunson and Randall and let the team, the, the Heat, go on an 8-0 run with Deuce McBride fucking dribbling the ball for no reason and, and the offense not going through RJ, if Randall stopped doing those sidestep, step-back three-point shots that he thinks he can make at any moment given time because he made it that one time in February that got us the game in Miami. He thinks he could just keep pulling that up out of nowhere. And he just kept pulling up again and again and kept missing the three. And he just kept making the same mistake over and over again. Those drive-in passes to Mitchell Robinson that kept leading to turnovers, turnovers over and over again by every player on this team. We should have been in the, in the Eastern conference finals, man. Now mm, I'm pissed. God damn yeah, it. I mean, at the end of the day, Jalen Brunson did everything in his physical power too. And I feel like if it weren't for Jalen Brunson, this this would have like it sucks to think that if it wasn't for Jalen Brunson, this season would have ended with that sour, sour taste in your mouth. Cause the way it was looking at it, they were looking at a, at the gun, right? Like straight at the barrel, you know, like it was gonna be a gentleman sweep, and Jalen Brunson willed his way at MSG and you know. Kept it so close in that last game. It, it is a fr- it's frustrating as a fan to finally have that player that you know everyone's been dying for. Like you know, a guy like Jalen Brunson, we finally added him to our arsenal, and the rest of the guys couldn't show up. And I don't think even one guy showed up. Like the closest thing to showing up was Josh Hart, who shot like five for ten. He was like like a deer in headlights when it came to shooting threes at certain points. You know, still pump faking and whatnot. And it, like you're you're right. You're absolutely right. Like you know. Kudos to RJ. Kudos to the, the amazing playoffs he's had. And I feel like that part of that has softened the blow for us as Knicks fans because we're like, you know, we got to see what we have in RJ. We got to see what we have in Brunson. But God damn, you cannot go one for 10 in an elimination game, man. Like that's that's what it's all about. That's we're what not, it's about. We're not guaranteed up, like. to be in this position again next year or ever again. Mm-hmm. There's no guarantee. Brunson's health is not guaranteed. Him playing 48 minutes, he's going to be a year older. None of that is guaranteed. And... Uh, like, I mean, I get it. I, at the end of the day, that's why I, I don't want to like police Knicks fans and tell them how to feel about being frustrated about a loss or, you know, if everyone has their own way of being a fan. Everyone has their own way of, of seeing things as it is. But all I can tell you is, you know, frustrations aside, this series got to show the coming of Jalen Brunson. We will always remember yes. this playoff series as 
that series where Jalen, like hopefully we'll remember it as the only playoff series where Jalen Brunson wasn't the only one who showed up, the only one who didn't have any help and whatnot. Like hopefully this is something we can build on. And, you know, we got that guy like Mm -hmm. a year in the making. I feel like we keep saying this in the pod, but like getting guys like Jalen Brunson is not easy. And now we have him at Madison square garden talking all types of amazing things. Like hearing Eric Sprostra at that post game talking about, He's not an all-star. He's not an all-NBA. You guys are making a mistake. The Heat threw everything they could from the fucking tip-off at Jalen Brunson. Double teams, triple teams, everything they could to stop him. And they could not even get close to stopping this man. He had the three-point going for him. He was a bully in the paint. Got a little bit of help from Scott Foster (laughs) grabbing some, you know, some calls and whatnot. But Jalen Brunson... He did everything he could to will our way there. And, you know, shout out to him for making this. At least, like, the Knicks fans can come out with their heads high. We don't have to, you know, sag our heads. You go out in the second round in six games, like, you don't, you don't got to put your heads down, you know? Keep, keep your head up and look forward to the next season. And you think back to that last play where he turned the ball over, I don't think a single Knicks fan is pissed at him for turning the ball over because of, because of everything that he did to keep us in this series. And when you look back at that play, there was a guy who was wide open, and it was Josh Hart, and – Really, that's on tips for putting Josh Hart in that position. Quint Grimes should have been out there. He would have been taking that oh. shot. I think Brunson would have trusted he was him. Out there. Dude. I think at the end he was out there. He missed a – he airballed a shot. I remember that. Yeah, I so I, I don't – Grimes? Yeah. yeah I don't he, know airballed, he, he airballed uh, the last sure. three pretty bad. Yeah. I, thought, I thought it was RJ and uh, – they they would have respected they would have respected Grimes. Shallow you might be right. Hard. He might have put him back for the last play where our, Grimes airballed that three. But at this point, man, <laughs> like it, it's it's these guys are young guys, you know. Like that, that one stung more than just, the, the turnover. It was, it's just an airball. Like it couldn't even hit the rim. Let we should have beaten this like, playing team, man. We should we had a fucking playing team in our way to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. We should have beaten them. Jane Butler yeah. didn't play one of those games. That that was that was a Knicks series. It's so today. annoying because everyone keeps calling them an eight seed, but they ended the regular games. season as a seven seed. Yeah. They're not the eight mm-hmm. seed, but it and is it's like what the it difference is. Of like, three, three or four games. Like that doesn't mean shit. That doesn't mean anything in the playoffs. You know what I mean? I mean, they just beat and they just beat the Bucks. So we're not looking that's at the why I say, how are we so hyper focused on the Knicks losing against the Heat in six games when the Bucks lost in five games? With Giannis, like they also didn't have to pay Tyler Hero. Like, if anything, we kept Jimmy Butler to a respectable like stat line. Like, we did not get those Jimmy Butler <laughs> stat lines and whatnot. And you know, at the end of the day, what, what the fuck are we gonna do? Hang a banner for keeping Jimmy Butler to twenty five points a game? Like, fuck that. That's not what it's about. It's about making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But again, like as a Knicks fan, the only thing that I can use as copium right now is seeing Jalen Brunson, seeing him put his fucking heart out. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, as much as that one for 10 is unacceptable from RJ in an elimination game, at least you know what pieces you could build around when you're this front office. Like it's never easy to be a front office of an NBA team. And it's never easy to like consolidate these assets and understand who's what, what's what, but Jalen Brunson made this job a thousand times easier on a fucking descending contract, by the way. So, you know, Shout out to the future. Let's let's keep let's keep climbing. The deeper he's gonna get into his prime, the cheaper he's gonna get. That's a wild <laughs> concept, and that, that and that happened to the Knicks. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I mean, we we got the guy. It's time to get rid of the other guy. That's that's what I'm saying. It's the, time. This is Leon's new golden child, right? So he's got to make sure he does this right. No rushing and and no taking too long either, because Brunson is ready. I'll say the He's best the thing only is one like, that's we have his entire camp 
in our house, like under our noses. His dad is with us. Like we, we formed a family, the Villanova guy with Josh Hart coming through. Like we're making this a very comfortable and easy home for Jalen Brunson. So I know the Knicks are going to do right by him. We were also one of the teams that believed in him when, you know, the optics of that is important when every other team, every other executive in the NBA was like, that was an overpay guys like Tim Legler coming out saying like, ah, that guy really changed my mind. You know, I never expected that from Jalen Brunson. The Knicks expected that from Jalen Brunson. And you know, you get credit for, for, seeing that talent in a guy like Jalen Brunson. So shout out to the Knicks front office and shout out to shout out to, I forget his name right now, man, the the cap, the cap expert on the Knicks. He like him making all these contracts up to here. Brock Oller. Thank you. He like his smarts is what led to this contract, him practicing and doing all these other contracts, three plus one, one, all these contracts led to this genius Jalen Brunson contract, which looks like the most value contract right now in the NBA. So. Shout out to this front office. Yeah, no complaints from me. Not for them. I mean, except for the fact that uh, they don't get press conference. I'm just joking. I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't even think that's an understatement. Um, so when it comes to Julius Randle, you know, like Quinn mentioned, the, the Knicks have to be real careful with how they approach it, but they have to approach it some way or form. And I think with, with these guys, they're going to be sneaky with how they approach it. And I think after three to four years of seeing this front office go to work with Scott Perry and Leon and, and, you know, all them guys, we know that I don't think they're going to go for the big shiny object and cat. I don't know if they're going to go for, for a guy like Embiid who's getting near 30, who just keeps getting hurt every year. I mean, MVP aside, yeah, he is the best player, you know, in the NBA just with that award, but his health is a huge factor and only MVP to never make a conference finals. Just saying. Yeah, that too. And just, He's turning 30 soon, too. With some fantastic teams, by the way, if I, if I like, like Embiid, as many excuses as people can make for him, a roster can't be one. Cause I'll say one thing about the Sixers, they have tried to find every single way to add players to this roster, whether it be through the draft with Tyrese Maxey, whether it be through trades through Jimmy Butler. Like, you, you know, you could shit on them for deciding to go with a guy like Tobias Harris instead of Jimmy Butler. That was a horrible decision, clearly, because, you know, the Heat have made the conference finals, what, three times since then, even the finals once. But, you know, Embiid, he's got some work to do. You know, hearing him in the press conference, I saw him take some accountability, but hearing him say things like, you know, the, the rest of the team, you know, me and J- James can't be the only one, that type of shit. I don't like hearing that. That was like giving me shades of Randall. That that was not a comfortable thing you want to hear from your league MVP after losing in the second round. Like, I think there was a bigger quote than that. I think they just took that was, snip yeah. out and they took right, it out of right. context. I don't think he was saying it exactly like that. He did say him and was, Harden also have to do it, but yeah. I don't know, man. You shoot I, four for same. like 30? Like, oh. I'm not God. I'm not dying to get Embiid, but if it's the right package, I'm definitely for it. I mean, if it's Randall and Two first round picks to get Embiid, I I do it. Dale Morey ain't doing that, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> no way. He may not. But I think it's not his first rodeo. <laughs> I think Randall's time is up, but I don't think we have to go for a home run player. I don't think we have to also give him up for a bag of chips either. I mean, I was you you go back to recordings from two years ago. That's exactly what I said. Like, oh, we got to give Randall ago. up for a bag of chips. Well, exactly. One year ago, yeah, earlier this season, we there definitely. Are, there are word sneaky good players that the Knicks can go for. And one organization I want to really look at actually is Memphis with, with John Moran's whole situation. We don't know what's going to happen with that. We don't know if he's going to be suspended for a year and we don't know what's going to happen with the team next year. And they might want to reorganize. They might want to restructure. I'm not sure, but I think there are a bunch of good, strong young players on that team that the Knicks can try to 
try to finagle, try to get somehow some way, maybe attach a pick with Randall and try to maybe go for Jaron Jackson Jr. I don't know. Maybe Desmond Bain would be an option. That'd be, that'd be awesome. I'd rather have Desmond Bain than Jaron Jackson Jr. Let OB play that four and Randall's out of here. It's, you know, so, something like that. I don't know if the, I don't know if the money works. I know what's going to happen with that, but just want yeah, to throw that out. It breaks my heart because I just feel like if the Memphis breaks up that court, those like you know, just like us, those are the first two guys they want to keep. I, I'm with you though. You should be looking at teams like Memphis, like Toronto, for example. We did hear a lot of tri- yes. rumors about you know OG being available, and um, you know the price might might have went down now that it, clearly he couldn't get what they couldn't get what they wanted out of him. Nick Nurse got fired and whatnot. So maybe they're looking to retool and whatnot. So I'm with you. Like, look at those teams in, in within the lines. Like, you don't have to, like you said, it doesn't have to be Damian Lillard, Carl Anthony Towns, like Joel Embiid, like household names, just for the fact that it's a household name. Like Zach Levine, so, yo, keep that man's name yeah. out of Nick's Twitter. Good yeah. God. You figure after all these years, we'd understand Zach Levine is not meant to be on the Knicks. Stop listening <sighs> his name. He's not, he shouldn't be here. He keeps getting injured. He's, he's a hella athletic player. He's an okay shooter, but he's not a fit on this team. He's not going to do well with Jalen Brunson. They're we're going to be a defensive liability. They're both going to be <laughs> oh defensive liabilities. Damn, I just imagine like from backcourts are going to look. Oh my god, they're going to look at us like it's a fucking buffet feast if they see Jalen Brunson and Zach Levine. <laughs> god damn. Yeah, well, well, Portland's going to be aiming higher now with their pick, but I mean, you never know. We could. There was a lot of rumors, or or maybe it was just smoke from fans. Um, Randall to Portland. Could be a thing with with the fact that Dame is you know running out of time. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> and uh, as a bonus, we might get Cam Reddish back. I don't know. <laughs> don't please, God, please. <laughs> oh my God, God, please. <laughs> he he means he's he's joking. Kunal is joking for those very much so who weren't sure please. and want to start bashing him for why we brought him onto the pod. He's joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never allowed back on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, to your point, man, a guy like Anthony Simons, maybe, because now that the Blazers are yeah. looking at, like, maybe if they draft Scoot, Scoot and they're looking at all these guards in their rotation and they're like, hey, maybe we want to get rid of one of our young guards and take on a guy who's a little bit older, who can contribute immediately. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm open. I'm, I'm with Mo with word for word what he said in terms of, like, you got to get value for a guy like Randall and we can't trade him for a bag of chips. Like, you just, he just made a second all NBA team. Like, I, I respect the fact that Ian Begley is coming out with reports on the Knicks front office saying they're laughing at teams when they're asking if Randall's available. It's good to hear that teams are inquiring that Randall's available, first of all. Second of all, you it's asset management. Like, Leon, as an agent, this is what he does. Like, he knows how to raise the price. He knows how to, you know, keep a price consistent. If we have a front office who's just shopping Randall at every opportunity, people are going to look at it like, oh, shit, like, why the fuck should we ask for him? Like, obviously he's the most available player in the league. Why would we want him? But, you know, keeping that wall up, it looks like Randall has more value than he might actually have. And, you know, it shows that the Knicks front office isn't going to sell on him on the low. They're not going to give him up for Mm-mm. cheap. And- I think we should, we, we should trust what we've seen. Like this, this conversation is fun, you know, for the first like two, three days, but when it goes on all summer, it's not going to happen. Like, Tibbs is not going to get fired. Randall's probably not going to get traded. Not even probably. I don't see him getting traded unless, like you guys said, it's going to be a, a star trade or someone available. Um, more likely, it's going to be getting rid of, like, Fournier, uh, making some, you know, cutting some fat around the edges, and hopefully getting impact guys, like Mo said. Um, yeah. Randall and Tibbs are not going anywhere, unfortunately. 
Yeah, I mean, Randall would go for, if he were traded earlier in the season, be for a team like Portland that that's on its last legs, trying to make it into the playing tournament, trying to make it into playoffs with a batter veteran like Damian Lillard. Or it's going to be towards a trade deadline when a team realizes mm-hmm. that they're close and they really want to make it. They don't have their picks and they want to make it into the playoffs. They're going to trade for a player like Randall. But it's not to say that we should be trading him because it fact of the matter is that he had an amazing season, regular season, but also he is not reliable as a second quote unquote second best player on the playoff team he just didn't show up and you know two years ago we thought that you know what randall's just not set or ready or ever prepared to be the guy on a playoff team but he's not he's not able to do it as a second best player either so at this point from from our end we know that he shouldn't be on this team at least in the playoffs but other teams might need him to make it into the playoffs yeah and i will say to your guys' point about randall like i don't know i, I feel like knicks fans like, I'm not saying just be happy with what you have. Clearly, obviously, like, there's an NBA cycle. Like, you, you want to, like, work your way to the top. But we're still very early in our, like, NBA contention lives, like, yeah. a lifespan and whatnot. Like, you do need a few years of regular season guys like Randall. Like, I feel like we're looking at other teams and, like, we're not a team like the Heat. I don't think the Knicks would be a good team if they made the eight seed and then try to win against the first seed. Like, positioning matters like you do need a guy like Randall in the regular season to get you that fifth seed that fourth seed that sixth seed this isn't me like really saying like you have to keep Randall but I'm saying for all the Knicks fans who are like super like get rid of him for nothing like just get him off the team like addition by subtraction like those points those 20 points those like 10 rebounds, five assists, like like what those stats don't come out of nowhere. They don't come from thin air, you know. Brunson likes this guy. Brunson's been holding him accountable, like, you know, not holding him accountable, I'd say, but is he's been rocking with him. So, like, if you're not finding someone who can fill that void that Julius Randle's going to leave, or unless you see a guy like RJ really taking a crazy leap and stride, it's hard for me to say that we should – give up Randall immediately, unless it's a player, unless it's for a guy like, you know, one of those guys that can contribute immediately. Or when he's, the, when he's putting up 2010 and five again in, in the regular season, like most said, just wait till February. There's going to be some team that wants to make a trade. I like that too. Yeah. Or, or and, it could be the next disgruntled player. Cause I, I, I forgot who it was and I want to give credit, but I just can't remember who, who mentioned on Twitter, but Julius Randle really gives that DeMar DeRozan vibe of that player who was really good in the regular oh. season, never shows up in the playoffs. And when he gets traded for a guy like Kawhi Leonard, you already have Kyle Lowry, who in this case is, let's say, Jalen Brunson. And you got Pascal Siakam, who I'm hoping could be RJ Barrett, who takes that leap next year. We might have a similar situation in Toronto. Obviously, it's not apples to apples, but that, that, could, that comparison between DeRozan and Randle, I think, is pretty close. You just want to stay competitive in the meantime, because while you're staying competitive, that's what's going to make a like a team want to like a guy want to come to you and get even traded there. Like I know Kawhi didn't ask for a trade to go to Toronto, but you got to keep yourself available. You got to keep it like, you know, and nobody like when you're doing matching salary, nobody wants Evan Fournier back. <laughs> like no one's saying like, give me Evan Fournier back. That's the matching salary I want. If you try to do something like Randall, it's, I love the DeMar DeRozan comparison you said, because I'm sure when the Spurs were looking at DeMar DeRozan, that's not what they expected back for Kawhi Leonard. But 
at one point you have to, you know, cut your losses, take what you can get and try to build around a guy like Julius Randle at the end of the day. Cause he's still like, as much as shit we, as we give him, like, let's try to list him as the positive, bro. He's an iron man. If it weren't for the fucking bum ass heat stepping on his ankle, he would have played the entire season last season. Like he's given us full seasons for two seasons, at least basically. So he, He's a guy that you want the regular season and a guy like a team, like maybe I'm giving examples like Pistons, Pacers, like those bottom like wizards, even those bottom dwelling teams are looking at him like, Hey, we can sell tickets. If this guy is showing up every night and just winning games. And that's at the end of the day, the NBA is a business. Like you're going to end up paying someone on your roster that 27 million, 26 million. Why not let it be a guy who's going to actually make you some money back? They need to do one thing and one thing only if they're keeping him which is keep adding players that are just good enough to give randall a very a, a smaller role and a very well-defined role so he's not doing everything that he needs to do right now uh, or, or that they're asking him to do right now because if um if we get enough impact players like mo was saying um because tibbs never upgrades the role of the guys on our team that we drafted right so if we go out and get someone that's a good impact role player, he might come out like Hart and get a bigger role to begin with. We need someone that will make Vandal not be number two anymore if we're going to keep him. That's my that's my vision for, for next season. And um, I don't know if it's going to work. So you're demoting him I even think more? That, yes. <laughs> yeah, he's yes. not going for listen, number two. Hey, listen, he demoted himself, bro. He demoted himself when he played the way he as, did. Okay? As I, listen, after I finished saying that, I was like, wait. He's not gonna like that though. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't like you. He don't. He don't like me. Like, what the fuck he's supposed to do? Okay. It's I think it's me. just the best possible scenario if we're gonna keep him because it's I, not working like this. I'm gonna throw you guys like uh, a very like I feel like I'm gonna get a very lukewarm response, but I'm, I just want to throw a name out there. What would you guys think if the Knicks traded Randall for a guy like Kyle Kuzma in a pick? Because Kyle Kuzma's on his last year of his contract, and Randall, you know, it's a similar type of players, like similar age. It's just you're getting Randall on another two years of your contract, so they would have to compensate with the pick, and we get to an opportunity to fill that void with a non-sexy player like Kyle Kuzma. For me, Is Kyle he? Kuzma is like Levine and Dame and even Mark Jackson as for coach. Just that, just that guy was just always mentioned every summer as a as a as a player or person that the Knicks should target. I've never really been much of a Kuzma fan. I don't think Kuzma's going to really move the needle. I think he's going to drop the needle for us. Honestly, I'd rather trust Obi Toppin to do, to do his thing and step into the role. So we continue to play faster and let him, I mean, Obi Toppin's older. He's like 25, 26 years old. He's, he's starting to enter his prime. So give him his chance to play more than 10 to 15 minutes per game. Let him step in. Cause we we've seen in the playoffs time and time again, whenever Obi Toppin's there, the Knicks just coast. Literally and figuratively, they just coast through whatever team they're facing, and that's when the other team has no idea what to do because they're the Knicks are moving too fast, and Obi moves at a blink of an eye, dunking the ball on every guy that there is, and he's able to shoot the three, which was a huge liability for him last season. He's really turned that around. Shout out to David Zenon for really putting in that work to to get Obi to start knocking down these threes, and I, I'd rather trust Toppin man than than Kuzma. I just don't I just don't think Kuzma would really fit in. But there is another player, though, on that same team that people have been talking about. But, Kunal, I think you wanted to give in your quick yeah. thoughts on Kuzma. Yeah, for me, he falls into that category where it's like, don't trade Randall just to trade him. Um, Kuzma is going to have very frustrating moments, and he's been like that every team he's been on. It's just going to be different versions of frustrating than Randall. 
And also, I don't think his game really fits with Tibbs, and he's going to be put into a role he doesn't like. It's just, it's just too messy for me. Like, there, there are certain players that you don't just get just because you want to get rid of Randall, and he's definitely one of them. And I don't want to see those long, ugly pink sweaters in New York City either. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, You're got right. the lukewarm response that I, I was looking for. So, appreciate you guys. <laughs> the other player on that team who looks like Nick's Twitter is warming up to again is Porzingis. Uh, not Bradley Beal, who I don't think the Knicks should be targeting because this man is happy getting the bag and not winning games. But another Porzingis, defensive liability, by the way. Exactly. Uh, I thought you were going to say Beal, and I was going to freak out. Nah, no, no. Contract's have, ugly I've, too, by the I've way. I soured on Beal ever since. Like he just he just doesn't give a fuck about winning. He just wants the money. Um, Porzingis, former Nick draftee, had a couple excellent years with the Knicks, All Star with the Knicks, and looks like he had a resurgent year this past year with the Wizards, even though they didn't even make a play in tournament with Porzingis, Beal, and Kuzma being on the same team. So how do you guys feel about Porzingis and maybe a swap with him and Randall of some sorts? Yes. Yes, and um, not in the sense like we go out and push for this to happen, but if it became an option and they were just calling to test the waters and, and it was like a pretty much straight-up swap or swapping a pick, whatever it is, I think that he has uh, played well enough and he has a game that is um, flexible enough to allow uh, for us to overcome the shortcomings we have right now with Randall. Um, You know what I'm saying? Like he he could be parked outside at the three point if he needs to, he he can get in the paint and do, he he actually looked much more like Nick's Porzingis this year than he has, you know, in in Dallas. But um. Yeah, like I said, no, you don't you don't go out and like really push for this, but I would not mind that. I think it would open up a lot of uh, a lot of space and it would solve a lot of the problems that we have in the paint as it is. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at it just basketball wise, stats wise, and whatnot, like if you're looking at it not as Kristaps Porzingis, the guy who demanded a trade from the New York Knicks, and is the reason that we're having this whole you know Mavs pick debacle, and you know also a huge reason that we got guys like quickly and whatnot, um, I feel like people would say yes because he's going to give you those points that we talked about would go missing from Randall. And if anything, like Kunal said, he'd be a better three-point shooter. He'd help Brunson more because he's not a downhill guy. He likes being outside and shooting, and you have to respect his shot enough where it gives Brunson and RJ some room to operate within the paint. And, you know, free throws are looking good for him. Like, in general, you're right, Kunal. I think he did come back more into form with Porzingis, like from the Knicks Porzingis, the one that we were all so excited, the unicorn. But there's still a level of concern with, 65 games played is is that how many yeah i think he played 65 games this year like i know that's like not horrible in NBA standards, but yeah. yeah like especially if you're losing an iron man guy like randall like again i feel like the knicks are kind of in a position where they need all hands on deck for the regular season and i just yeah. don't see porzingis as a tibbs guy like you know we were talking about it earlier like tibbs guys i don't really think porzingis could handle that but i'm not i'm not like it's not like other guys that we're going to talk about later where I'm like, no, 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 let's not do this trade. Um, I'm open to the reunion idea because I feel like Porzingis does to a certain degree have some sort of like unfinished business here in New York, you know, that there's a mentality to that. But also, I don't think he looked great when he played alongside Jalen Brunson in Dallas. So I'm not really like, I'm going to have to lean towards no, just because like, I'm not like, I'm not, Porzingis isn't the guy who I think, He's gonna end up be, who we think he's gonna end up being in New York. So I'm gonna have to. It's a no for me, dog. It's a no for me. He's not coming here to be a savior. That's you have to understand that. Like 
before you like assess if this would be a good trade. I don't think anyone that comes back in a Bengals trade will make right, anyone right. say that this is like a one-to-one. E- it's going to be more like either a sidestep or potentially even a step back, potentially. Yeah. Like it's yeah. very hard to see it in a world where you step up unless you're giving up. Like then it's not going to be about Randall being part of the package. It's going to be, we gave up four first round picks, blah, 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 blah. Randall's kind of just like a really good filler salary. Like we talked about as Evan Fournier versus Randall as filler. Yeah. And, you know, if Tom Thibodeau is going to remain the coach of the Knicks, which is most likely going to be the case, Porzingis is a terrible fit for this team, in my opinion. He's just the best ability is availability. And if Tom Thibodeau is Christos Porzingis' coach, he's not going to be available past 50, 60 games, especially if we're trying to make the playoffs when we're, you know, seeping into 90 to 100 games. Can you imagine? I mean, Porzingis hasn't played 100 games in maybe three, three years together. We can't expect him to be available and just. I think I think the fit with him and Mitchell Robinson won't always be there. I know Porzingis doesn't really jump for rebounds, and Mitch will get all of them. But we also need a guy to all, to get rebounds if Mitchell Robinson isn't available, who also doesn't have the best health. I mean, Randall had a strong ability to rebound the ball. I think he got like double digit rebound. I think he got ten rebounds per game last season. Porzingis never got past I want to say seven or eight rebounds at seven foot three, which is crazy. And yeah, I think he's the highest he's gone is like nine point five, but like. I don't know. It feels and more that's like, probably in like 20 games. That was the first. You know? Yeah. That was the first season with Dallas. He was like, <laughs> exactly. Hyped to play with Luca, like, he, like, and he hardly played. And I, you know, those Dallas years, that was his initial years after that ACL injury. And, you know, Brunson was still really young and not getting the minutes because he was a second round draft pick. But, you know, I, I think if the two were playing together now, it would be much better, but with Thibodeau on the team and we're us, we're trying to make a deep playoff run. Porzingis is not the guy, in my opinion. I, I just don't think he's going to fit. Or last. And I feel like this is the exact kind of conversations that Leon and company have if, with every single name that comes up in a potential, if they're even having this conversation to begin with, <laughs> because they are going to just every, like I said, it's never going to look even on paper. So they're not. Yeah, I mean, this. I'll say with Leon, you know, soccer don't got a goalie. He was eyeing Jalen Brunson. He was eyeing Donovan Mitchell. Like he, Leon Rose is that type of guy who I see, he's looking at everyone in the league and thinking, hey, What's a package like that look for? What's like this? And I think that's why like you trust that this front office has a lot of smart minds in the office mm-hmm. considering these conversations. So I- I'm with you, man. This is definitely a conversation. I hope I hope they, they leave no stone unturned when, when looking at possible Randall destinations. And, you know, we should also consider that this front office is close with Randall. So they likely would ask him if he would want to go there before, unless it's for like a superstar trade and fuck you, you know, all, all, all gloves are off at that point. But in general, if we're talking about something like the wizards, even, you know, we're going to definitely touch on cat. Cause that that's a name that's been popping up so much on Nick's Twitter, but a place like Minnesota, like I think the front office will definitely talk to Randall and be like, Hey, how do you feel about that? I think there's only one way that Randall is getting traded this summer. And that's if, if Brunson makes the call. They have he has their ear more than anyone else. That's it. He's gone. I don't know where he's gone. Yeah, uh, Randall could honestly ask for a trade. I mean, he's been here for four. This is gonna be his what fourth oh. season with the Knicks, and we see the way some of these fans treat him, and it's unfortunate because it's not representative of the Knicks fan base, and it's definitely not representative of anyone here. I, I don't think any of us would fucking take down his poster and start stepping and jumping on it just for fucking clout. And there are people like commenting on Kendra's post on Mother's Day, like that's some next level shit, completely unnecessary, completely out of pocket. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like that sees this happening. He's, he's a family man too, has been involved with no drama, like other, like fucking John Moran is. And 
you know, really doing his own thing. He's a family man. And he, he plays game in game out, played 82 games or close to 82 games a season. Like all that shit is unnecessary. And he's been, he's been here w- during the Fizdale days. So he's been here for a minute and I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't surprised. Blame him. I, wouldn't I wouldn't blame him, him one bit, but I wouldn't be that would be one hell of a plot twist, man. <laughs> yeah. man real quick, man. Hey, Martin, what is up with you, dog? Like, you cannot be coming out. Yeah. What the hell was that, bro? You coming out like you an NBA player talking about why is he kissing his wife and kids? Bro, I see Tatum kiss Deuce after every single game. He don't look at another teammate. He goes first to his son. And I've never even had a bad thought about it because that's his family. Family is like the most important thing to any of us. Like, what do you, you think should he plays on the him. court for? Yeah, like, commend yeah, him for that. Should... Fucking Mrs. Martin's a lucky it, woman. It, Bro, especially at, at a time where I feel like the whole fan base has been against Randall, like clearly, like every, like I think at that time you would probably go to your family first above everything. So I don't know, man. But, fan, okay. Fans got to be Dude, better listen, with, with I, stuff I like am that. Not playing devil's advocate here. Um, to that point that you just made, and, and he he touched on that in the video. He said maybe he just feels like there's no one left in the city that lo- like loves him that, he, that that supports him, right? And that's why he, I mean, this is just wild, like speculation from him and like psychoanalysis. I don't know why he was doing that to begin with, but yeah. if I wouldn't, again, wouldn't be surprised. But like, but I don't think that that, that was, could be the reason. Like it's such, I feel like it's so common to, to go to your, go yeah, to your spouse after. I don't think we need, uh, need to, so, like, I don't think yeah, anyone should be psychoanalyzing someone who went to kiss his fucking wife and kids. Like that's every, every guy, every guy does every person. Every went from does that. Body language experts to like PDA experts now. <laughs> and it's not, and, it wasn't even from way, an extent. By the way, this is something that Randall has been doing for so long. Like, this isn't a new thing thing like yeah. we see how close he is to Kaiden like you know how close he is to his wife like his wife is constantly like saying things on Twitter like the, the Randall family is a close one so th- this was no shock or surprise like yeah Did we, I mean, their right, name so did come up I was about to say oh, no, 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 no go ahead go no, no, you got it. you got it. I don't want to do it <laughs> <laughs> a name did come up earlier we were talking about a certain Call of Duty Towns and you know oh, that's we, we, <laughs> in the, in the chat room Job, oh my god, my bad. But in the chat room, we had we like you know before we started, everyone had like a little bit of a, I'd say like a bad reaction when the name came up because Knicks fans have been talking about it a lot. You guys want to give your thoughts real quick on on the whole cat of it all? I'm just imagining how embarrassing it would be when he like deepens his voice right before <laughs> like Ian or someone interviews him, pulls out that Toronto man accent because because if anyone's Job not done. Because if anyone's gonna dissect the shit out of it, it's us. It's oh us, Knicks God. fans. And you already know there's gonna be memes about it, videos about it, clips about it. It's gonna be on ESPN Sports and House highlights of Cat's voice changing in alternate days, depending on the win, depending on the loss. I mean, Cat oh is not built for New York. And if you ask me, not a decade tips, ago, tips, seen it. <laughs> he's not built for New York. He's not built for Tibbs. If you ask me a decade ago, I I would say to Harp because we all thought, at least I thought Cat was the future of the NBA. And Dude, at one for, point we were looking at Giannis versus Cat. I, I exactly. remember we were doing fantasy drafts. And it was like, yo, I'd rather have Cat on my fantasy team than Giannis. Like, <laughs> we were calling him the best shooter, seven foot shooter in the NBA. And, you know, he is a great shooter. Just his person, like, there's that trait that you need to play in New York. You have to have that rugged mm-hmm. kind of personality where you just don't give a fuck. And you're just not going to, like, no one's going to bully you here because you are you can't be bullied. RJ has that trait. Brunson has that trait. And even Randall has that trait. 
And mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that with Randall as much as it's as frustrating as it is sometimes when it's, it's against his own players and when it's against referees, but there are moments when you need that kind of energy because that, that's representative of New York. And Cat is fucking Minnesota. Like he represents, he has that Minnesota energy of like the sweet guy who is fake tough. And New York is not for Cat. Like he just, he can try to gentrify it, honestly. I changed my mind about Tibbs. Um, I love that he's here next year because he is a Levine and Cat repellent. They're yes. not coming here. Leon is not bringing either of those guys here <laughs> as long as Tibbs is here. So. Go Tibbs. Yeah, realistically, <laughs> we're gonna get one more, at least one full season of Tibbs. Like I, with yeah. Jalen Brunson on this team, I he's gonna keep that man's job secure for at least. Like, I don't like remember last season we were talking about it. We were like, you know, if the Knicks fall far enough, we could see them tra- like getting rid of Tibbs by like before Christmas and whatnot. And it we're looked close, close to it at a point this year, but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see that happening with Jalen Brunson on this roster and Randall on this roster and whatnot. I don't, I don't really see an opportunity for that. So be be prepared for another year of tips. He exceeded expectations at the end of the day. And if you exceed expectations, you should keep your job. I mean, being an, an NBA, uh, being an NBA head coach is, is the toughest job in the league. And I'm not really a tips advocate per se, but he exceeded my expectations, even as mm-hmm. frustrating as certain moments were. And, you know, I, I think a good amount of blame could go to him for, for the losses that we took, but a lot of the credit should go to him for the kind of season and seasons that we've had and the credibility that this organization now has goes to Tibbs and uh, you know, kudos to him and credit to him. If I were the president of the Knicks, even if on a podcast, I'm saying he got to go, I would keep Tibbs because it's a bad look for me if I'm the president and I'm, and I'm dropping Tibbs after winning all those games and making it into the second round and winning, you know, going to game six. Yeah, and for a lot of guys who are like, you know, even myself, I, I'm one of those guys who's like, you know, Johnny Bryant, like we should get Johnny Bryant. Like nobody in the NBA with this whole NBA void and, you know, carousel going on of coaches, no one's looking to interview Johnny Bryant. And I'm not saying that that means he's a bad coach, but that says something that has to say something about, you know, you're looking year, to up, uh, upgrade a coach. I'm sorry. I think, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you up, but I think he was last year. But to your point, uh, none of these teams. No, I'm saying this year with the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're all contenders. They're not looking at him. So, no. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, as much as we want to criticize Tibbs, there were certain points in that first round where I did think he pressed the right buttons, where he sat Randall for a fourth quarter and Obi Toppin came in and dominated the game. Like, playing heart, playing Grimes instead of heart for certain points, like, it's just like the the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows of like le- learning how to be a coach. And, you know, Eric Spolstra definitely has Tibbs's number. We've seen it before in the, when they used to play with the bulls and heat series and whatnot. So, uh, you know, he, he got, he improved. Like he took this game to six series where other times with Eric Spolstra, I think it only got to five. Like, I know that's not much improvement, but you know, t- Tibbs, like, I, again, like I know this is going to be sounding like me being a super like Tibbs advocate and whatnot, but I, I think you gotta you gotta stick it through another year with Tibbs. Like, I feel like we always the, have to add the, that disclaimer in there that we're not <laughs> we're not Nickish does not affiliate with Tibbs. And you know, I think anyone who listens to Nickish has heard us shit on him enough to know that we're not like the day that Tibbs gets fired will be pretty hype, I feel like, but like I don't really see him getting fired unless we do bring in that superstar and we get bounced in the playoffs, and then we're like, okay, you're not enough for this superstar. Let's go get you a superstar coach type of guy. Because Tibbs, like, let's like, oh, we'll, we're gonna talk about it right now. But everyone's talking about Doc Rivers coming in to coach the Knicks. Like, 
Why would you want that? Like he's like they, they come from the same coaching tree. Wait a minute, Tibbs wait a was an assistant to Doc Rivers. Like who is talking about this? <laughs> I, I could give specific ads of big Nick cultures and whatnot that are talking about it. But that, hey, there's people who are talking about um, tip, uh, potentially Doc Rivers being your coach. And I'm just going to, uh, if you're looking at this carousel outside of Monty Williams, I'm not really like really hype about any coach here. Cause I'd rather just stick with Tibbs. Cause at the end of the day, these guys are all just like floor raisers. And I think Tibbs will probably get the most out of those teams as opposed to a guy like Doc Rivers. I don't know why that name is even coming up on Nick's Twitter. Like Monty Williams. I get it. Like I, I kind of understand. Cause I know, Doc Rivers has his own history with the Knicks, but, you know, Monty also has a history with the Knicks. He even recently was talking about how that John Starks team was very important to him in a pivotal time of his life. So I I see it. Like, I could get why Monty Williams is, you know, making it to the finals, making it to a few conference finals and whatnot. So I get that one. But Doc Rivers? Like, come on, guys. Like That's some shame, man. That's just that's his Could you imagine losing a 3-1 lead? Oh, my God. With Doc Rivers in New York, we would not be able to live it down, bro. Like. Didn't the Clippers do that with him? Or am I? Or am I nope. They did it with the Clippers. Did, right? He did yeah. it with Boston, and he has done it with. He's done it with and the Sixers. He's had ample opportunities to to coach superstar after superstar, and he has one ring to show for it. A he ring with a, a big yeah. three in their prime. Like I'm with, not. With Tibbs, is not moving the deal. Am I crazy? Or was Tibbs not the? I, yeah, I mentioned. Yeah, there? okay. Yeah, yes, I don't know sir. if I'm having brain fog. Yeah, but yeah no, he was cut definitely from the same there. cloth. They're cut from yeah. the same cloth, man. He comes from the same coaching tree. Why would we do that? Like, I feel like this offseason. Everyone, if you're listening to this, save your energy. I would love to have a new coach too, but it's just not happening. Don't go on Twitter. Don't even talk about who we need Monty. This. Oh, I would trade a first round pick for this coach. Just shut up. Just stop and relax and just get through your summer. Go outside. Enjoy the weather. Um, it feels like because there's no like real free agents or like trades, people are so fucking crazy that they're like using coaches now as like the new NBA gossip trading. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that, guys. It it doesn't work like that. <laughs> we have four more teams left to go. Enjoy. We're all basketball fans at the end of the day. We're not just Knicks fans. We love the game. We love the sport. And it's it's a repeat of the 2020 playoffs. So, I mean, all those bubble doubters, I mean, Go figure. The those same four teams are back at it again. We got oh, wow. we got Miami. I didn't even realize that. Yep, yep. You've been in the hospital for too long, man. It's been it's a big <laughs> uh big quote that they put out there. It's it's Miami versus um, Boston. Yep. Yeah, and Lakers versus Denver. So let's do some quick predictions, and we're gonna wrap this up. Kunal, who you got in the West? Denver, easy. Devin, Denver in. I said Devin. De- Denver in. <laughs> Devin, Devin. Uh, Denver in six. Okay, so not so easy, but Denver in six. Spice. Damn, that's that's tough, man. I don't know. Like the way the Lakers have been playing, like I feel really if it, it feels really hard to doubt the Lakers. And I've seen them beat Denver before in the bubble. Obviously, this is a different Jokic, you know, MPJ, the whole team looks different, but damn, I, I think I gotta go with Lakers, man. LeBron. LeBron looks hungry for that ring. He stepped over Steph to get this. He stepped over the jaw. Like, this feels like, and I don't know. I saw that picture recently of, like, LeBron watching Steph get that ring in the ring ceremony or whatever. Oh, that was a cold picture, man. I feel like LeBron, especially if AD is healthy, I think the Lakers could win that in six. I, I think I think it's going to be a tough fight, but I think the Lakers could win in six. Damn. 
Yeah, no, I between the two, I'd rather the Lakers win because I want to see LeBron win number five. I'll put that out there because how often do you really get a chance to see greatness to that point? But I, it's hard for me to doubt that. I'd be okay man. with that. I, it's hard to doubt the Nuggets. They just they destroyed. Yo, who knows the someone who remembers the decision? You can see it on his yeah. face. He remembers yeah. the decision clearly. Yeah, I remember the decision. You should remember the decision. That was a moment I in do, history. That was a moment. I do. Um, I, I but, just I'm already dreading the oh well Jordan had five. You had five. Like oh, I just don't want anything near that. Oh wait, no, Jordan had six. Right. So like yeah, uh, yeah. No, we're still. Kobe had five. LeBron had five. The whole conversation. ESPN's gonna fucking. Take I, I just had a I just had a brain fart. But either way, no, no, no. But I, I, Jokic, I Jokic and Jamal Murray are taking it to next level. They destroyed I, I just, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. Honestly, think that we yeah. no one has given this much t- thought because no one thought the Lakers would go this far. So yeah, <laughs> none. A lot of ums. Well, maybe. <laughs> All right. So uh, and on the East, because I'm seeing a lot of, for me at least, shocking you know predictions or desires from Knicks fans where they want Boston to beat the Heat. I don't know how you guys feel. Let me let's let's put it out there. Boston and Heat, who are you rooting for? And what do you think the end result will be? Kunal. I'm not rooting for either. Uh if I had to pick one though, I would probably pick um Miami. I'll swallow my pride and pick Miami to win because I want to see Boston, you know, implode and put a better uh player on on the in the trade rumors suddenly with Jalen Brown. So let's see. It'll, yeah, it'll, make for, it'll make for a spicy summer, let's just say. <laughs> so now how did this happen? We're on, we're on two different sides of the aisles on, on in both conferences, man. I got Celtics, like, convincingly, bro. I got Celtics in five, bro, man. That Miami team is, is a fraud team, okay? We played them. That's a fraud team, bro. Listen, they stumbled upon the Knicks and whatnot, and they took advantage of us. Eric Spolster is a great coach and whatnot. But if Jimmy Butler is coming into that series with that same ankle that he had in, in the Knicks series, and if you're not expecting Gabe Vincent and fucking Max Struess to bail you out again, like the Celtics defense is a lot more legit in my opinion, and they actually have guys who can answer back. I don't know, man. Lakers and Celtics in the finals, it feels like NBA, like Adam Silver's wet dream. Like that sounds like what he he wants, you know. Thanks, so, thanks for that image. I feel like <laughs> it's not gonna be the Knicks pick. That's not his wet dream. So, you're but you're not, not, that you're not rooting for Boston, are you? No, no, no. Fuck yeah, that. You're, you're a Yankees fan, so yeah. Fuck that. I don't give a fuck what happens in that either. Yo, this is the part of the NBA where you gotta watch with your brain off. It don't matter what happens. I don't have any agendas. I don't care. I just think that. The Celtics are a really legit team. Like, they got some good experience. Like, the Heat are definitely the most intriguing competition for them out in the East. I think they're going to be much more, like, they're going to put up a fight, but I don't know, man. I just feel like. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's not I was really, saying, was, I was wasn't say, it think, also uh, wasn't Tyler Hero on the timeline to come back by this by the conference? He should, yeah, no, he, oh, he so, no, so he could be that coming could back. Could be a, in a very week. big. Big X factor right there. He definitely could be coming back in a week, but um, I I don't know. I just think that the Celtics have had some trials and tribulations on the way here, like coming up with Joe Missoula. And I feel like they're going to be able to put it together in this round and just, I also like, it's like the recency bias. Like, I just want to see the Heat fucking, I want to see Heat fans squirm when they lose in a gentleman sweep. Like that, the, I that image to me is going to be so like, I haven't been talking enough shit to Boston fans recently. Like the, the Yankees suck right now. It's been, uh, I don't have the juice for it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, for me, it's always fuck Boston. I would rather see Miami win. I'd rather be 
the team that lost to the team that made it to the finals. Right, but right, okay. I can't root. It's it's hard to not think that the Boston Celtics will win. I mean, they got the guy who dropped 51 in a game seven series and they destroyed the Sixers in a game seven series. So, or game seven game. So they got the, they got the best player and arguably they got the second best player in Jalen Brown, depending on Jane Butler's health. I mean, if Jane Butler is 80% of, of his max capacity, then Jalen Brown's going to be better. Um, but I, oh, I got Horford could lock up Joel Embiid, man. Yeah. He's he's taking light work on Bam. That's what I'm oh, saying. Easily, easily. Yeah, the I, I got Boston King. like five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Dominican King Al Horford. <laughs> I, I hate this question. I hate this question. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> All right. We appreciate you guys checking out this episode of Nickish. Make sure you check out our website, nick-ish.com. Copy yourself some Nickish gear and follow us on all. Uh, podcasting platforms give us that five-star review and follow us on instagram at twitter at nickish nyc and make sure you tune in next week for the next episode uh we'll be talking about the the series that, that are going on and just regular basketball that's that's what this podcast is about at the end of the day until next time take care peace peace peace